Let's pray together. Heavenly Father, our hope is built on nothing less than Jesus' blood and righteousness. Lord, we trust in the fact that we are made clean through the blood of Jesus Christ. We've been reconciled to you. And Lord, we trust that we have been given the righteousness of Jesus Christ. Lord, that in coming to you and trusting in you, Lord, you have taken our unrighteousness and you've given us the righteousness, the perfection of Jesus Christ. And Lord, that that life of Jesus is growing within us by the power of the Holy Spirit. Father, we thank you, Lord, that that is the rock on which we stand. That is the strength that we have. That is the sure confidence that we have. Lord, help us to be open afresh to you speaking to us, to showing us your love, reassuring us, encouraging us, challenging us, inspiring us and guiding us. Speak to us your truth, that we may be lights in a dark world, full of love and joy, all to your glory. In Jesus' name. Amen. I recently read about a young girl of about 13 who lived in a war zone and went through the very harrowing experience of having her village attacked by soldiers from another country and being taken off into captivity to a place which was very far from her home, a very unfamiliar setting. And she discovered that she was, although she believed in God herself, she found herself living among a people who did not believe. And eventually she found herself in the situation where she was working for the wife. She was effectively a slave with no access to education or access to legal rights. And she found herself enslaved working for the wife of the military commander, the very head of the army who had led uh, the attack, the army to uh, plunder her village, uh, perhaps uh, even causing the death or injury of her family and friends, we don't know, and carrying her off into captivity. I imagine in that situation her, her hopes were dashed, her, her hopes for the future uh, must have seemed in tatters, and uh, all she could look forward to it seemed was a life of slavery. And yet into this situation, through this situation, seemingly a hopeless one, um, God did amazing things. If you'd like to read about her story, then you can turn to the Old Testament in 2 Kings chapter 5. And we're going to read a bit of that story, the very start of that story now, about how God worked powerfully in this situation. Now Naaman was commander of the army of the king of Aram. He was a great man in the sight of his master and highly regarded because through him the Lord had given victory to Aram. He was a valiant soldier but he had leprosy. Now bands of raiders from Aram had gone out and taken captive a young woman from Israel and she served Naaman's wife. She said to her mistress, If only my master could see the prophet who is in Samaria, 
he would cure him of his leprosy. Naaman went to his master and told him what the girl from Israel had said. By all means go, the king of Aram replied. I will send a letter to the king of Israel. So Naaman left, taking with him ten talents of silver, six thousand shekels of gold, and ten sets of clothing. The letter that he took to the king of Israel read, With this letter I am sending my servant Naaman to you, so that you may cure him of his leprosy. We may have expected that this teenage girl would have wanted Naaman dead. But instead, she wants her master, Naaman, healed. And so all we hear of this girl really is about her terrible situation, but also that she utters one faith-filled, love-impelled, short, succinct sentence through which God works powerfully. And through that sentence of faith and hope and compassion, God works powerfully. Naaman is healed of his leprosy in time. And the whole kingdom of Israel, the whole kingdom of Aram, gets to know how God, the God of Israel alone, is powerful enough to bring healing. And Naaman and his household, they all turn to the Lord, knowing the fact that it is only the God of Israel, who is the one true God, who brings healing in the life of Naaman. Sometimes we can live a life that we live in such a way that we imagine if only I were in a different place, in different circumstances, doing different work, surrounded by different people, then God will be glorified in my situation. For that young girl, I'm sure that was a temptation that she faced in which she sort of, I'm sure, felt, where is God in my situation? Feeling I'm in the wrong place, among the wrong people, doing the wrong work. This was not what I dreamed of doing. This was not how I imagined it. And yet God works powerfully through her. God wants to work through us. God is God of everything. And so God is God in our situation in the here and now. Our reading from Colossians chapter 1 reminds us, in him, that's in Jesus, all things were created. Things in heaven and on earth, visible and invisible, all things have been created through him and for him. What a, a fantastic recognition, a, a picture like a, like a hymn of grace to the amazing sovereignty and fullness of Jesus Christ upon to whom every knee shall bow, every tongue will confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. Sometimes we can also think that if only I were different then God would be glorified in my circumstances. It's not so much the circumstances we think, it's, it's me that's the problem. If only 
I were different, then God could work through me. And it is true, we each of us need the, the reconciling uh, blood of Jesus Christ to, to bring about our washing, bring about our cleansing, bring about our reconciliation with God. And that's why Jesus came. And as we accept, when we accept that invitation, when we accept the sacrifice of Jesus Christ and the new start, then we are saved, we are rescued, we are made new. And we are being rescued and made new. And we will be rescued and perfected and made new. God working in us is primarily about our availability our readiness to offer ourselves to God, knowing that we, we have been perfected, we are being perfected, we will be perfected, that we are a work in progress, that our destiny is secure, that we have been given the righteousness in Christ, that we're working out this salvation in fear and trembling in our lives. And yet God, in the midst of all this, is being glorified. God is being glorified in your life. You are part of God's glorious creation. Yes, we know that creation has been, has fallen from grace, is, is no longer in its perfect state. But for us who are members of the family of God, who are in Christ through our baptism and through faith in the reconciling perfect work of Jesus Christ, we are one with him and God is being glorified in our lives in ever increasing ways as the Holy Spirit works in us. And so we know by the, by the word of God, as we, as we know the truth of God, as we know the presence and the power of Jesus' Spirit working within us, God is being glorified as we continue to worship him and offer ourselves afresh to him. And so it's not about wishing we were someone different. It's about offering ourselves just as we are into God's hands, knowing the fact that even in this small offering, even this imperfect offering that we give, we give that God is being glorified and God will be glorified. And we hope and pray he'll be increasingly glorified in our lives as we offer ourselves to him through Jesus in the power of the Holy Spirit. As the saying goes, I'm trying to remember what the saying is, but as, as the saying goes, be yourself because everyone else is taken. There's that well-known, well-worn story as well of the man traveling through the Irish countryside and he, he happens upon a, an Irish peat cutter, a man uh, cutting peat in the field. And he asks him for direction to the town of Letterfrack. And the Irishman very kindly puts down his tools and leads him to the top of a nearby hill and gives him very detailed, copious directions to get to Letterfrack. And then he finishes by saying to him, but you know, if it were me going to Letterfrack, I wouldn't start from here. The reality is when we come to Christ, we come to him just as we are and our journey with him starts right here, right now. We offer himself, ourselves to him exactly as we are. And so the journey starts here. The journey starts now. There's that wonderful, uh, the wonderful words that 
Paul writes to the church in Corinth saying to them, Brothers and sisters, think of what you were when you were called. Not many of you were wise by human standards. Not many were influential. Not many were of noble birth. But God chose the foolish things of the world, that's us, to shame the wise. God chose the weak things of the world to shame the strong. God chose the lowly things of this world, the despised things, the things that are not, to nullify the things that are, so that no one may boast before him. Therefore, as it is written, let the one who boasts, boast in the Lord. In this series, Fruitfulness on the Front Line, we're looking with fresh eyes at where we are and also at what God is doing and will do and can do through us to his glory in each environment, in each context in which we find ourselves. And we know at the present time during this lockdown situation, during this COVID-19 situation, that our front lines are different than they would normally be. We may be spending uh, much more time in the house, we may be working from home, we may be on furlough, we may be self-isolating. Our situations are different, but we still have front lines. Our front lines are the whole of our lives. As the theologian said many centuries ago, Irenaeus, he said, the glory of God is the man or woman fully alive. It's the human being fully alive. Our front lines are our whole lives. And what brings glory to God, the pinnacle of his creation, are human beings fully alive. We know that only one human being has ever done that, Jesus Christ, who lived fully and gloriously and gave a life fully to the glory of God. But in Jesus Christ, we can increasingly, with his guidance and wisdom and inspiration living within us, Christ in us, the hope of glory, we can live lives to the glory of God. That's why we have been made. And so being fruitful on our front lines, we can do with all of our lives. And during this series, we'll be looking at the wide range of ways that we can give glory to God. Uh, they're summarised in in six M's and the one we'll be looking at next week will be the one about ministering God's grace and love. The week after about modelling godly character and so we'll be looking at these six M's in this eight-week series. This morning we're really looking at well, what does the big picture look like and the big picture is that God is being glorified in us as part of God's creation and God is being powerfully glorified in those who are in Christ. God is being glorified in you. Take heart, God is working through you and being glorified in you in all sorts of different ways. And so we offer ourselves afresh to God, particularly in all of our frontline situations, even if it's over um, a call or a YouTube or a Skype or a, whatever it happens to be, even if it's talking over the, the wall to our neighbours or whatever it happens to be, God has given us opportunities and opportunities with those who don't yet know Jesus Christ to give glory to him. Are you ready for a new and fresh adventure with God? 
in discovering what our front lines are here and now, knowing the fact that we will have new front lines whenever the lockdown is removed. Um, things will not be the way they were before. And so in this time, we're examining, well, where are we now? Where might we be in the future? Learning from where we have been in the past and offering it all to God and realising that he can be glorified in all sorts of wonderful ways through our lives as we live fully for the glory of God. It's a journey, it's an opportunity that begins right here, right now. Are you ready for that opportunity? Even if you've never given your life to Christ, this is an opportunity to start here and now. In a moment we'll pray a prayer. It's about drawing a line in the sand and saying, right, I know that to come to this decision is not about being perfect. It's about making myself available to, the God, to God. It's about turning my back on what has been in the past and taking a fresh step, a fresh start with God through the reconciling blood of Jesus Christ and through the power of the Holy Spirit living in me. You can make that step today, that fresh start. Come just as you are. Don't look to be a different person to come to Christ. Don't look to be to different circumstances. Embrace the fact that you can just give who you are in the here and now. In your circumstance in the here and now. And make a fresh start with God. And for each of us today, even if we've been a Christian for months or for years, to make a fresh start today with God. To realise that he is in control, that he has done everything necessary to give us this start and to recognise that he is being and can be glorified and will be glorified in glorious ways through our lives. Let's pray and let's offer ourselves afresh to the one whom we long will be glorified through our lives. Heavenly Father, we pray that through Jesus Christ, that you will take afresh all that we are, all that you've made us to be. Forgive us that we have not lived recognising that you are in charge, that you love all of your creation, that you gave yourself through your son, Jesus Christ, to reconcile all of creation to yourself, everything every planet, every cosmos, every universe, every part of creation, every creature, every human being, that Jesus' blood was shed to recon reconcile all things to God so that all things can be renewed and refreshed and restored. Every human being, even me, fill me with new life by your Holy Spirit. May your will be done in my heart, my life, my time, my relationships, my work as it is in heaven. And to you be the glory. Amen.